You're listening to First Fossil. Welcome to First Fossil, a show where we learn together how to take that first fossil toward becoming the best versions of ourselves. My name is Candace Olushala, and I am once again <laughs> in a closet, but this time I'm in my closet at home. I am back in Kentucky from travels to California for the last month, and I haven't fully unpacked yet, so it's probably going to take me a little bit to get things unpacked after a month's travel and get all my equipment set up and everything. So I'm recording again in my closet or in a closet, I guess. But today's episode, I wanted to talk about what happened in Kentucky. We had tornadoes that came through Kentucky this past Friday night through Saturday morning. And Western Kentucky was tragically affected. Now, I grew up in Western Kentucky. I grew up in Owensboro, Kentucky, and close to home was affected. So Mayfield, Kentucky, the Bowling Green area, and I am still processing what happened. First off, just the thought that we had a tragic tornado come through our state reminded me of when we had a tornado when I was about 10 or 11 years old back in 2000, 2001. And it actually tore down my church. In fact, I think if you were to look it up online, that if you saw the Owensboro Seventh-day Adventist Church and pictures from that tornado, our whole sanctuary was completely destroyed. And the only thing that was left standing was the Bible left open from the previous Sabbath. And it was left on the same page that it was left on before we left or when we all left church. So I I thought immediately of that when I realized that a tornado had happened and really affected the communities. I remember how devastating it was to try to rebuild and restore the damage in our city from that tornado. So I can I can really empathize with what Western Kentucky is going through right now. I wanted to share a little bit of what I'm going to call a testimony, though, of my experience with this recent tornado that hit this past Friday. So, like I said, I was traveling from Southern California back home and I was flying into Louisville, Kentucky, but I had a layover in Denver, Colorado. So after I had spent a few hours in Denver, it was time to board our plane. and. I didn't know anything about the weather. I just got on my plane and I started to hear the people around me talk about how there was a tornado watch in Kentucky. And I'm over here like, okay, well, everybody on the plane is talking about it, except the crew, the flight crew is just talking about, you know, jingle all the way and ho, ho, ho. And we're about to take off. And I'm like, but do y'all not know there's a whole tornado? Are we going to fly into a tornado? What's happening? Like, uh, I was not, (laughs) I was not having it. So we're on this plane about to take off. 
We've made it to the jetway, the runway, and next thing we hear from the pilot is that this freezer something or another light came on and we needed to go back to our gate to have maintenance look at it. They said it would take a couple minutes and I'm over here thinking, um, I'm pretty sure it's going to take more than a couple minutes for that tornado to pass Kentucky. So, I mean, I'm cool with us chilling here in Denver for a little bit. Um, if y'all want that thing to pass, I don't know. But again, the only people talking about it on the flight were actual Kentuckians. So I was a little nervous. I, I was I was a little nervous in the fact that the flight crew wasn't talking about it. I don't know why in my head I figured they didn't know about it. I'm sure they knew about it, but I guess it wasn't a concern to them. So maybe nervous is not the word I'm looking for. I think maybe just concerned. And However, we went back to the gate and I'm like, look, if we're going to be sitting here for maintenance, if it's going to just take a few minutes, let me go quickly pee because <laughs> um, this flight about to be mad long. So I go run to the back of the plane. There were two women in front of me. They peed first and then I had to pee. And of course, when I have to go pee, that's when the pilot feels the need to say, um, everybody needs to deplane. So I'm like, well, dang. So I just quickly, you know, finish in, my ba- in the bathroom real quick. And I leave the bathroom and the, I ask the flight attendant that's in the back of the plane, did I hear that right? Did he say that we need to get off the plane? She's like, mm-hmm, girl. And I'm like, dang it, I am in the front of the plane. My, I mean, that's where I was sitting. So, I'm, I'm, you know, all excuse me, I'm in the front of the plane. And the people on the plane are making jokes. They're like, see, if you didn't go pee then we wouldn't have to be getting off the plane. And I'm like, I know, I'll make sure to hold it next time or to go before I get on the plane. And so, you know, making light of it. And we get off the plane. We have to move to a different gate. And we just wait at this new gate. I chose the smart route and went and got dinner (laughs) because I I wasn't going to. I had a feeling it was going to take a while for everyone to get off the plane and then for everyone to get back on the new plane. So I was like, let me just go grab a bite to eat. So I went and grabbed some food to take with me on the plane. And we just sat there and we sat there and we waited and we waited. And we knew that we were, one, we were switching pilots. Why? Don't ask me. Secondly, we had to get the flight crew, the flight attending crew to transfer from that plane to the new plane. Then they had to change the name of who our pilot was for the new plane. And that was like a whole process. So we had to wait a bit. And all the while, the other people that were passengers on my flight were talking about the tornado. So I told them, look, I'm going to just go on the Weather Channel and open the radar and see what the predictions say for when we would be about landing. Of course. It shows that around the time that we should be landing, even with the delay, that all of Louisville should be red, like red, red, like covered in the blood of Jesus red. And I was like, uh, <laughs> do they know this? Because I don't know. This, this is concerning. Again, I'm not nervous. I'm not freaking out. I'm just concerned. And then something in my spirit told me But we always have access to the eye of the storm. And so that's what today's topic is about. Today's topic is about the eye of the storm. The eye of the storm 
for me, it's Jesus Christ. And, and I truly believe that everyone has access to Jesus Christ. But the eye of the storm is a space where peace is still, where peace is accessible, where peace that surpasses our understanding is available. We can be in some of the most egregious situations. And I'm telling you the most egregious situations. If you've ever read stories of people in the Holocaust or even some of the early day Christians, they're being burned at the stake. They're being whipped. They're, they're being burned up. They're, they're being eaten alive. I mean, raped even. And yet they're finding a reason to smile. They're finding a reason to sing praises. They are rejoicing and it's confusing their abusers. It's a, it's confusing those that are tormenting them. It's confusing people that are watching them be tormented. That how is it possible that you were in the worst mental, physical, spiritual, emotional situation, and yet you seem to have peace and joy in your spirit? What is this paradox that you're in? And how do I obtain that? It's something that we have to fight for. I truly believe that that sometimes things are so confusing things that don't make sense they hurt they're they're frustrating they they make us cringe they devastate us that we have to fight for a space mentally and emotionally even spiritually to say i will claim peace i don't care what is happening i will not allow what's happening externally to affect me internally so much that i lose my peace and I know that sounds really crazy and it sounds tragic, but I'm also speaking from experience. There are moments in my life, moments that hurt me in every possible capacity, that had I not ran and fought and dug my nails into the dirt for that peace, that eye of my storms, the storms of people hurting me, the storms of people speaking horribly over my life, people trying to destroy me in every way, shape, or form, circumstances that suffocated me, that make me cringe to realize that I was ever in some of these circumstances, though they don't, they don't hurt me now. And I, I'm healed and restored and rejuvenated from ever experiencing those things. But to realize that I, I had been in some of the worst mental, emotional, spiritual, physical situations that I, I would ever, I, I wouldn't want anyone to go through. When I fought for my peace, when I fought for a place of solace outside of my external experience, Something actually that I, I wouldn't even say outside of, but something that was inside of me that no one could take from me. I loved that place. For me, it was with Jesus. And, and I would sit in a space, I think I've spoken to you guys about it, but it, it was called Lonely Waters. And I would go to this mental space where the tears that I cried actually watered the, the flowers of the fields and, and filled the the rivers that ran through what almost looked like a Grand Canyon in my mind. And I would sit there in this 
forever golden hour with God. Him holding my hand and having his arm around me. And we would sit in the peace looking at the golden hour sun. And all the colors of the air just at a standstill with that peaceful wind. It almost felt like the the scene in Pocahontas when she's singing. You can paint with all the colors of the wind. Like it, it was that beautiful. And I realized that no matter where I am, no matter what's happening to me, I actually have access to this peace. Even when it doesn't make sense, it's here. And, and, and it was a, a peace that I was reminded of in that moment, sitting on the floor of the Denver, Colorado airport at gate, I think it was A24, C24. And just realizing that I had access to this peace in that moment, that I didn't have to freak out. I didn't even need to be really concerned because I knew where the eye of the storm was and I knew how to get there. I I had fought so many times in my past to find the eye of my storms that I was immediately brought there in that moment. And I encourage you guys, I encourage you guys to fight for your eye of the storm. Fight for it. Sometimes literally, truly, you have to run so hard mentally towards that space and cling to it. Cling to it like no one can take it from you and you won't allow anyone to. When you do that, man, things just wash away. Things roll off your back. Things don't destroy you. It is so comforting to be in the eye of the storm. Now, you might be wondering, so what happened to my flight? Because I somehow made it to Kentucky and I'm here. Well, we ended up on our new plane and we took off. And I made sure to keep my Wi-Fi on so my family was in contact with me the whole flight. and. I'm waiting for the crew, for the pilot, for someone to mention the storm and no one's mentioning it until about halfway through when the pilot says, okay, well, we're hitting some storms and it's going to get tumultuous for a while. And he had so much peace in his voice that it actually reminded me of when Jesus was straight sleeping, like dead sleep on this boat and they were in the middle of some of the worst storms in the ocean in the in the sea and his boys woke him up and was like Jesus like it's all the way storming you are snoring you out here all the way snoring like bruh like how you sleep like that we out here skirt like get up and Jesus is like ugh peace be still and the the whole storm just went away and he's like do you guys literally have no faith? Like, what's wrong with you? I'm with you. Why, why are you freaking out? And the way that the pilot was speaking so calmly, and he, he spoke with an assurance, a comforting assurance that we were going to be okay. I didn't have to freak out. Now, I stayed awake because um, I don't like storms. But even the fact that I was literally in the air with downpouring rain and at random bolts of lightning 
when I already have a hard time driving in storms or even being in my house in a storm, if there's a storm and there's lightning involved, I automatically come to my closet, get my blanket and my pillow and I sleep in the closet. I don't want to be anywhere near windows. I don't want to see a window. I don't want to hear anything. And yet I'm in the air in the middle of the storm that's starting these tornadoes. And I'm in total peace. That to me was an act of God. And so I just kept listening to the pilot and I kept giving my family the play-by-play of what was happening in the air, what what we were being told, how we were being spoken to, and how the pilot talked us through the whole experience until we landed safely. Now, I ended up in Louisville, got to my hotel like three hours late, went to sleep, woke up to text and missed calls of friends and family going, are you okay? Are you okay? Because some of them watched my live on Instagram when I talked about it, talking about the eye of the storm. I actually had gone on live to share with people on Instagram that message of the eye of the storm in the moment that it hit my spirit in that Denver, Colorado, on the the gate. And so people who had watched the live, people who knew that I was flying to Louisville to go see my brother in in concert for their first Christmas tour since the pandemic, Pentatonics, um, people had were freaking out. They're like, are you okay? Are you alive? What happened? Are, are you in Kentucky? Are you safe in Kentucky? What's going on? And I, I was safe. And yet I woke up realizing that people in my state lost their lives. There were people who lost their parents, their, their spouses, their children. And my life was spared. I don't take that lightly. And I actually don't have survivor's guilt. And I, I, I don't say that to be cold. I say that to say that I'm, I'm thankful for the protection that God had over me. I also don't say that as though God didn't have protection and, and peace with those that did lose their lives. And I, I would never assume that. But I can separate the two and say, yes, I, I am thankful that I am okay. And yet at the same time, my heart hurts for those who aren't, for those who are suffering in my state, for those who don't know what to do. And so I encourage you guys, one, find the eye of your storm. Two, hold on to it when you realize how attainable it actually is. Three, fight if you need to get there. Ask for help if you need help getting there. Four, pray, (laughs) meditate, think about the peace that you desire, a peace that surpasses your own understanding of all the craziness happening around you. And five, always remember the path back. Always remember the path back to the eye of the storm because everyone has access to the eye of the storm. It is accessible at all times. It is never closed. It is open 24-7, seven days a week. And it's one that will serve you. It's a space that will serve you for the rest of your life when you realize just how accessible it is. Now, if you want to donate to the tornado relief that's happened in Kentucky, and there are other states that are affected, so I highly encourage checking out those states as well. But specifically for Kentucky, if you want to help out, 
if you actually go to my brother's Instagram page, um, he is at K Olushala on Instagram. And he has a link in his bio to places that you can donate. You can look at the Kentucky Red Cross. There are some local organizations in the Mayfield area and Bowling Green, Hopkinsville. All these different Western Kentucky locations have opened up some ways to help provide services, shelter, equipment, food, all the things that are necessary to to help the rebuilding and provide the needs of the people that are really suffering right now. If you do that, we would so appreciate that. And I'll try to put a link in the description of my podcast as well for anyone who wants to donate. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you have questions, thoughts, ideas, anything that you want discussed here that would help us all take those first steps together in in our lives so we can improve ourselves, improve our mental health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, our physical health, every angle of health that we can, if we can just walk together and being our best selves and help elevate one another in taking those first bustles. We're going to be moving, guys. This is this is for a movement. And it's not just for me. It's not just for you, but it's for those who need to see people being liberated to to be exactly who they're created to be, exactly who they're called to be. It's for all of those people that need to see other people already living that free life out. And so we can show them the tools that we used to get to this space. Love you guys so much. Check out my website for anything, www.firstbossel.com. You can also find me on social media at Candace Olushala or at First Basel. And hit me up, send me messages. Let me know what you guys think of today's episode. And I love you guys so much. Please stay safe. And for those of you from other states that are suffering, you guys are in our prayers too. Love you guys. Bye.